When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Tony Gale, and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham Podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And since we last spoke, Declan Rice has proved beyond all doubt that he is not only the best central midfielder in England, but he is, in fact, the best central midfielder in the world. Kept Kevin De Bruyne in his pocket for England. Belgium, the number one ranked team in the world. England sweep them to one side with Deckers pulling the string in the middle. His best mate, Mason Mount, got the fluky winner, but there was not a patch on uh, Rice's performance. West Ham have made another signing. We just don't stop in the transfer window. A huge marquee name, none other then Watford legend Craig Dawson in the prime of his career and West Ham have splashed out big cash on him. As we speak, the Saeed Benarama deal, which has been rumbling on and on. You know, the bloke who plays in the left wing position, the same as Grady Diangana. We're bringing him in for around 30 million quid, 12 million more than we spent on, than we sold Diangana from. Lads, I'm pleased to be joined by both of you as always tonight. It's just one transfer after another with uh, West Ham these days. Jonesy, Craig Dawson looks like Ben Rama is about to be confirmed. We're pretty confident that will happen as we're recording the podcast. But um, how are you? Which of those things that I've covered in the intro uh, makes you feel more enthralled to be a West Ham fan at the moment? I'm, in, I'm enthralled 100% of the time at the moment, mate, uh, which, which says a lot. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a quite a good week. Without um, without a game, but we still managed to stay excited, and uh, I'm trying to sound excited as well. And uh, Craig Dawson coming in on loan makes it. Well, I know we'll talk about it in a bit, but in more detail. But that's a that's a good signing just because it's a loan deal, bit of experience. I was a little bit worried that we were going to spend some money on him, but I think it's um, it, it's it's a positive signing. And if Ben Rama comes in as well, I think we're a little bit confused by that one. But you know. If we get it done, then fair enough. It's another player in the books. But yeah, I'm happy, mate. I'm, I'm happy. Um, hopefully, I'll be happy again this time next week, given the, the weekend's fixture. Absolutely. I'm delighted to see you in a roll neck, Jones. You, you mentioned about staying, uh, sounding more exciting this week. We will, of course, get onto that momentarily. Don't you worry. But Tom, nice to see you again, mate. Um, which one are you most buzz? I know you're a bit of a Declan fanboy like we all are. Thoroughly professional yeah. performance from him in the week. Doesn't look uh, just showing more and more, be it for England or for West Ham, that it's not just a flash in the pan. Um, he's, he is the real deal. He looked absolutely outstanding, I thought, against Belgium. Um, but yeah, sort of pretty good stuff at the moment. Yeah, mate, exactly that. Coming coming into an international break with two wins under the belt rarely happens. So positivity was going anyway. And yeah, at least we've got something going in the market. We got Dawson in. We need a centre half. Obviously, it's not the one we all wanted. It's definitely not the one Moyes wanted first choice. But it's a body in there. 
absolutely something we needed to be playing this five at the back. It was imperative we got somebody through the doors and to get him in, like Jonesy said, on a loan deal, no outlay. It, it just it makes sense if you're not going to find your top target, get someone in anyway for a little money, and we've done that. So I'm happy with that. Ben Ram, I'm, I'm really excited about just because to see that level of talent on the pitch would be really exciting at West Ham against someone who can unlock defences. Obviously, we've gone about it in the wrong way. Shouldn't have sold people to get it, and, and it's silly, but we, we will be getting a good player who hopefully can hit the ground running. Um, Absolutely. Well, um, uh, sorry, mate. Go on, if you... Uh... I was just going to say, it's probably a long way to go in that transfer window. It can all change so quickly, and who knows, Everton will probably swoon in and get him before the next pod. But fingers crossed, mate. They could swoon in and get him before the end of the pod, Tom, to be quite honest. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Listen, lads, uh, now, James, we normally do um, my sort of standard part at the beginning of the show, as everyone who listens will know, is to go through a bit of housekeeping. We encourage people at home to follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. Get in touch on the emails, we are uh, West Ham pod at gmail.com if they've got anything that they want to say to uh, me, you or Tom. Um, and one thing we always encourage people to do is leave us a review on iTunes. You know, ideally in an ideal world, they go on, they leave us five stars and they write some nice words. That is what we're after. Helps us with the old iTunes charts and the general podcast charts, that sort of thing. And this week, one of the uh, We Are West Ham listeners did exactly that. But uh, he had some quite scolding words to say about you, Jonesy. And you were, you were a little bit upset, as I must put on the record, was I on your behalf? Yeah, I'm a little bit... I didn't know whether to laugh or cry when I read it. Uh, I mean, we, we've, all, we've had mostly five-star positive written reviews about, about what we do every week and... They've always been very, very good. And, and then suddenly this one popped up from a guy called Phantom Hammer. Um, I would address him personally. I would address them personally. you want to read it out? I will read it out, yeah. Um, I would address <laughs> them personally, but according to them, they're no longer listening. Um, it says, after listening to this podcast for about a year, I've finally given up on it and it's unsubscribed. I mean, it took him a while. To, uh, to unsubscribe. I mean, at least we got a year's worth of downloads out of him. Took a, a year to decide whether we, that we were crap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it goes on and says, there are simply other West Ham podcasts that offer more of interest to me. As my title suggests, the title is like listening to your mates chatting down the pub, um, which I thought that was the point behind podcasts. But uh, but get on to my favourite bit. We'll go We'll go on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid this bit. Um, <laughs> as my title suggests, this is like listening to your mates chatting West Ham in the pub. There's no great insight that you get with some of other podcasts. And James Jones, James Jones's monotone and mostly unenthusiastic chat could be marketed as a cure for insomnia. <laughs> Sorry, maybe a bit harsh. I wouldn't do any better, but then I'm not trying to. He's basically had a pop at me. He's had a pop at me, but then to, then admitted, well, I couldn't do any better. So, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing, chaps. So, Oh, he's a bit harsh, Phantom Hammer. You know, it's, it's a little bit, little bit strong. And, but at least you know, I've got a bit of inspiration. So if um, my media career and my podcasting career don't take off, at least I can set up a couple of uh, how to beat insomnia work workshops online and, and make I've got a backup career. So if anything, yeah, it's a negative review for the podcast, but you know, it's a positive, positive insight into my backup career, which the government are trying to do anyway. They're trying to get people to retrain at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, <laughs> So you know, I can just see my my, my face on with headphones on on one of those fo- uh, those posters that they're creating. You know, J- James could cure insomnia in the future. He just doesn't know it yet. Well, now I do. <laughs> now I do, Phantom Hammer. Thank you, Phantom Hammer, for that really really great uh, 
comment and um, I've taken a lot of inspiration for it. So, um, and I'm going to try and sound a little bit more upbeat from now on because I didn't know I sound. I mean, do you blame me? You wrote this in September when we were losing football matches. So do you blame me for like, sounding a little bit unenthusiastic? But I'm here to stay now. I'm happy. <laughs> well, look, you know what? You are, you are obviously now you're the podcast equivalent of whale music, aren't you? Just the thing you put on in the background. <laughs> you know what? I, think that, I think that's even more. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that one, mate. I mean, did you write this? Yeah, is this your work? I was going to say, yeah, don't go on any of my other um, alter ego accounts on any social media platforms because you'll find out who Phantom Hammer is. But I, uh, yeah, I think what's funny actually, James, and because all, all season we do always say when we ask people to leave us reviews, we say, look, you know, give us five stars if you like and write some nice words. Or, and I always say, or if you don't want to write nice words, write that as well. We don't want to be a bunch, be surrounded by a bunch of yes men listeners, do we? We want constructive criticism when it comes. And I've decided that uh, everyone is welcome to write reviews like that in future if they like, because although it might not do uh, any good for the podcast ratings, uh, it was absolutely hilarious. And at first, after feeling bad um, on your behalf, I uh, haven't read it a few more times. It's made for some great content at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if I ever find out who Phantom Animal is, I'll put him to sleep. Literally. <laughs> literally yeah 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 absolutely. yeah absolutely well thanks to uh phantom hammer for that excellent uh start to the podcast he did only give us two stars as well so uh you know, there's obviously no there's obviously he could have given us one so there's obviously something like in it, but... it was a plan it's almost as if it was a plan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah by by me tom we've established yeah, exactly, that already yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, absolutely. Another person, James, who came on the podcast last week was Joshua Jones, the Leicester City fan. We've already taken the mickey out of uh, him, of course, for um, him saying that Leicester were going to beat West Ham uh, 3-0, I think he predicted. West Ham went and lost. But tonight, uh, delighted to say once again, we've got a huge guest on the We Are West Ham podcast for the Opposition View. It is Charlie Eccleshare, the chief Tottenham correspondent for The Athletic. Thanks very much to Rashane for putting us in touch with him. Some huge journalistic names. Who knows? Uh, Charlie knows Tottenham inside and out. So it'll be good to get his views later on in the show. Looking forward to that huge game against Spurs this weekend. We've covered Declan Rice already playing well for England. The Saeed Benrahma saga. Josh King is apparently... Uh, a deal that could also be done before the transfer window shuts. Craig Dawson's come in. We'll cover the Betway charity bets because Chad from Betway is coming on. He's finally sorted out his Wi-Fi in his new house. So we'll talk to him about our first win and the lads' bets for this weekend. We'll cover the transfer, sorry, the headlines of the week. Josh Cullen's emotional farewell letter to the boys. We've got a Twitter poll, as usual. Nice and simple one this week. We're finding out who would West Ham fans and the We Are West Ham listeners prefer to sign, Saeed, Ben Rama or Josh King. And then, of course, we've got name that game. Tom Edwards is the quiz master this week. The scores are a little bit more level. James Jones on 10, me and Tom on six each and we'll wrap up as ever with the West Ham women's segment with women's football expert and sports journalist for the Sun newspaper Isabel Barker. Pack show tonight lads but James just quickly on that um, England game before we wrap up this opening segment Declan Rice he 
did play really well. But before we go into that, some excellent news. Um, another thing we try and do on the We Are West Ham podcast every now and then is a giveaway. And we've got quite a big one uh, this week. It's towards the beginning of the season. We thought we'd kick off with a big one. We've had some uh, some prints and some snugsy dolls before, personalised West Ham goods that we've given away. But this uh, this week we've gone nice and simple, haven't we, for the listeners? Yeah, we, we've decided um, because we've got such a law a loyal fan base in the podcast, minus one. Apart from Phantom Hammer. Um, apart from <laughs> Phantom Hammer. Um, we've decided to give give away a shirt. So that's home shirt, away shirt, mm. third shirt, whoever the winner, whatever the winner's choice is. Uh, and all we've got to do is enter uh, on Twitter. We're going to tweet out uh, a competition tweet and uh, uh, at we are underscore West Ham. If you're not really following us, make sure you do. And just, yeah, follow the instructions in the tweet when it goes out this week and uh, make sure you enter for a chance to win a West Ham United shirt of your choice. Absolutely, yeah. So that'll be a like if you follow us, like James said there, retweet the competition tweet. And uh, yeah, so head over to at we are underscore West Ham. By the time you're listening to this podcast, the tweet will be up. Um, towards the top of our of our profile and uh, just follow the instructions there to be in with a chance of winning a free replica 2021 West Ham shirt for this season. Thomas, I'll throw to you your best mate Declan. We all know you love him. Uh, great performance against uh, Belgium. You know, like I said, showing he's a class act. Exactly that, mate. And it, it was really nice to see him actually show what we see every week because I feel like that was his best shirt in Eng- best performance in an England shirt by a million miles. He Picking it up, he was making drives, he was winning the ball, he, he looked athletic, he just looked brilliant, he looked really commanding. And he's now, I saw a stat today, in a West Ham Post an article, he said he's the second most capped midfielder in the squad at the minute, at just 21 years, years of age. And, he, and he's showing that experience, he's already taken to it, it's like a duck to water. And uh, against that team, to put in that sort of performance, it shows that we're not kidding ourselves and we've got a seriously, seriously top player on our hands and it's exciting it makes watching England exciting for the first time in a long time that we've got one of our very own who we've produced, who wears our armband most weekends now, uh, and going out there and doing their job on such a high stage. It's, it's, it's really heartwarming to see it, and it actually makes me want to tune in and watch those England games rather than sit there and moan at Harry Kane putting a few in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll, look, we'll cover loads on the show. We'll delve into the internationals a bit more. Declan Rice, Kufau and Suchek carrying on their cute little bromance with the Czech Republic and King Arthur Masuaku withdrawing from the Congo squad through injury, but it seems to be only precautionary with him confirming on Twitter that he's not injured. So stay with us for all of that next. So now we have established that Declan Rice is the best central midfielder on the planet. Uh, I don't think there's too much else to discuss on the podcast, really, lads. However, uh, two other people who have been doing great things on international on their international break is Vladimir Kufal and Thomas Suchek, who have uh, carried on their cute bromance away with Czech Republic. I saw them both on the field the other night with quite a bright luminous away kit they had on Kufal waddling around looking like prime Pablo Zabaleta Uh, but one other grave concern that I had in the week Tom was the news that King Arthur Masuaku had withdrawn from the Congo squad the Democratic Republic of Congo I think they were only they only had friendlies that they were playing but he's uh, Mm. he's withdrawn and, and come back to London 
Yeah, and I think obviously you want to see a player who plays for you play for the international team. But I think he's come back as a precaution and he's almost certain to be in the lineup against Spurs, which is massive news for us because he's almost been one of the, the main reasons why it's worked so well for us. So to see him pick up that supposed knock, I think everyone in the West Ham Twitter sphere in the West Ham world was a little bit worried. But the fact that he's now back should be ready to go. I think he's even confirmed himself that it was just a precaution and, and he should be fit and ready to deal with them on Sunday and we all need him because he offers us huge width. And like you say, he sadly is morphing into King Arthur. Whether or not you get credit for that, I'll still say no, but I'm sure you'll win me over one day. Well, um, but, you know, just to, just to prove my commitment to the We Are West Ham cause here, Jonesy, <laughs> on last week's show, uh, you said to me, we were talking about King Arthur, it's become quite public knowledge now, how much I admire him. And you said to me, oh, well, um, you know, as he obviously listens to the show every week, next week will be the week to get him on, will it? So I thought, you know what, I will take up that mantle. And I actually spoke this week to Arthur Masuaku's agent, uh, their company based in France, in Paris. Um, I, you know, got in touch at first, said, hello, I'm explained who I was and said, I'm after speaking to Arthur Masuaku's agent. If you could get back to me, that'd be great. A couple of things to discuss. Uh, got a response, replied again and said, oh, thanks for getting back to me. Um, you know, explained big fans uh, on, on the podcast. Be great to, to sort of have a chat with Arthur if we can. Does he know um, that, you know, I'm sure he's aware that it was us who came up with the King Arthur nickname and does he want to be on the podcast that he listens to every week? And uh, yeah, I've been well and truly blanked, but um, just so you know, uh, I did actually try because you sent me that challenge and I got as far as speaking to his agent. So, you know, what, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, my name, they might come back. Maybe they're just waiting to see whether we're legit or not by talking about it on this week's podcast. Now, is it really them? So now we've now you've proven that it is actually us making mm. contact with a great man. You never know. They might they might email you back. Exactly, and you, they always say, "What's the what's the rule of you're seven steps removed from everyone else on the planet?" Well, it's now officially via my WhatsApp. I'm now only one step removed from King Arthur Masuaku, although he has liked tens of my tweets before. So we're basically best pals. Tom, uh, away from the uh, international break stuff, um, like I say, Sufal and uh, Suchek and Sufal Kufal. You've got me calling Sufal. What's going on here? Kufau. What's it's definitely Kufal. Kufal and Suchek, or uh, Sufal mm. and Kuchek, whichever one you like. They played, uh, they beat the uh, Israelis in the Nations League 2-1 away on Sunday and then away to Cyprus. They won by the same scoreline uh, on the Wednesday beforehand. Obviously, good to have international players out because it means that we're a good side full of good players. Um, but, you know, do you want them to be... You're in that stage now, a bit like Mourinho is with Tottenham, where you're worried about minutes. I think with the squad we've got, what is it, 21 men or 21 man now that Craig Dawson signed, is that I'm just worried and a bit protective over the lads, even if I don't love them. But those two are two players I'm really behind and really think that, well, Suchek in particular, he's been asked, he's been he's been huge for us since he got in, and there's no going away from that. He's given us a whole new dimension, whether that be off the ball or on the ball, and. He's imperative that we keep him fit. Soufal's come in and filled a hole and he looked really good against Leicester. But I'm happy for him because it's only his ninth cap as a 28-year-old, I think. And um, he's the type of player who's probably gone under the radar in Czech Republic. And now he's playing over here. The caps will start flooding in. So as long as they get back 
healthy and sound, mate, I'll, I'll be a happy man. But but we've got to be careful because the squad is so thin. Absolutely, not a lot uh, we could do about that. I suppose they're both integral to that Czech Republic side. Jonesy, um, Craig Dawson, he's arrived on a season-long loan, thirty years of age, not quite the um, young, hungry superstar uh, of which David Moyes was hoping to build a team full of players like that. Uh, season-long loan, I think an option to buy him for two million quid at the <laughs> at the end. I can't even keep a straight face <laughs> saying it. Um, I do agree with a lot of the stuff I've seen on Twitter this week about fans saying, you know, get behind him, give him a chance. He hasn't even pulled on a shirt or kicked a ball in, in anger in a West Ham shirt yet. Definitely agree with that. I don't think too much of the the anger or schneidiness has been aimed towards Dawson more about the type of transfer that it is. But um, I know you, you tweeted about it in the week. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I mean, I never said a bad word about Dawson. You know, he's done nothing wrong. He's just signed a contract at a club willing to put him back in the Premier League. You know, uh, I've never been a fan of fans directing their anger directly towards a player just because they didn't want him to play for the football club. You know, it's not their fault. They're going to sign a deal. Have with you seen offer. any of that though? I've seen, you know, I've seen um, not so much directly, directly at him, but sort of comments about him and stuff like that. Um, and at first I was like, do we need him? What's the point of spend? I think the, deal, the, the, the initial rumours were, are we going to pay four million quid for him? And I was like, you know, do we really need to be investing money in a player like that? Um, but then when they announced it was a loan deal, which I think caught everyone off guard um, with, the, with the player announcement, I thought, well, actually, that's... It's, probably a clever transfer that because we're not you know we might have an option to buy but you know we're not really tied in massively with that we've only got him for the season he's got bags of Premier League experience um, and he, this this be let's have it right he's not going to go straight into the starting 11 you know he is going to be a backup this season if we you know if we get injuries which we will because we always do with West Ham then he, you know he'll play 10-15 times Probably in all comps, but he's not going to be a first choice, first name on a team sheet sort of signing. He is going to back up. And the fact he's alone and he's got experience, I'm not against it. And I'm going to back him. He's a West Ham player now. Never thought I'd ever see Craig Dawson in a West Ham shirt. So my dreams have come true. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a clever risk-free signing and it just adds squad depth, which we're desperate for. Just okay, you mentioned he's not going to play much. I do agree. I agree with you on that front. To be fair, I think that's rare. Yeah, yeah, no, but it is. It's just like you say, it's an extra body. You can't get too angry about a signing like that as a standalone signing. You can get angry about it in the context in which it's made. I.e., you know, the world class football, the world class stadium thing, the graded the Ghana stuff, blah blah blah. But again, give them give them a bit of time because. Um, if we sign Josh King and or uh, Saeed Ben Rama, which uh, at this stage in the podcast still isn't 100% done, but looking like it's going to be uh, announced momentarily. Uh, ben Rama, that is, of course. If we if we pull one of those in, then you know at least that money has been spent somewhere. Do you think Jonesy then? Uh, just actually, Tom, uh, what Jonesy said there about. Uh, Squad depth, not going to start to start an eleven, etc., etc. Do you think he he gets in, or even Diop for the Spurs game, or do you think Moyes, because we mentioned it last week, Balbuena and certainly Old Bonner, every one of those back three played really well. Does he just start the same eleven um, that performed so well at Leicester? I think you have to. I, I really do think you have to. And and 
I think Balbuena has come in and proved that he's probably played against two of the people you, you'd almost, as an opposition, want to match up against Balbuena. They had far, they got pace in behind, they got width, and uh, they can easily isolate Balbuena. He's the type of person who gets caught high up the pitch, and, and he's negated all those threats and against some seriously, seriously tough opposition. Um, so I think he definitely deserves a shot at playing. I think Diop, like I've said many times, is a brilliant centre-half on his day, but he's been off it recently. He's been getting caught up so high up the pitch. He's been losing headers, misjudging it in his own box. And I think he needed a bit of a break from first-team action. So I think Balbuena needs, needs the go. And Craig Dawson, like Jones in both of you said, why, it, it, it's not his fault he signed. Don't get me wrong. It, it's nowhere near the level we should be looking to sign in. It's nowhere near the talent pool we should even be fishing in. But it's not his fault he signed. He's not a terrible footballer. We've signed worse players like Emmanuel Pogatet to name but a few. <laughs> Um, but the only one is it's good, all well and good going out and getting, but we've got three or four people who can play centre back, but we've only got one left footed centre half, well, two left footed centre halves. One's Aaron Cresswell, a left back, and the other one plays centrally. So if Cresswell was to go down, we wouldn't have anyone who could play there unless they're right footed, which would cause a bit of a problem. So I think that's the only the weirdness about the signing, but, but I can't blame him. He, he, get him in, get him in. Why not? He's a body, and I'm sure he'll give a lot for the club. Absolutely. And what? Sorry. Sorry, just on that, um, we actually got tweeted some stats by a, a stats company not long after the, the, the announcement. And mm. um, apparently, he played left left sided centre half after the restart for Watford, and he okay. was um, he, he was in better form in that position than he was when he played on the right side um, before before lockdown. So you know, maybe that's that's they the club. I saw that. The club has seen those stats and gone. He was, you know, he was a, he was just a lot more. Got better with the ball. Um, I didn't. I haven't got the stats at hand, so I can't go into too much detail. But <laughs> it, 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 it did say that after the restart, he played left-sided centre half and he was better with his stats. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's that, that's the reason why. But it could just be completely untrue. I don't know, mate. <laughs> well, you never know. Look, we've uh, we've skirted around the two issues. Uh, jo- just quickly, uh, Tom, Josh Cullen. Uh, obviously made his million-pound move to Anderlecht, which was one that certainly Jonesy was a little bit confused by. Obviously, we do have a, a wealth of... Um, uh, or oh, I say a wealth. We've got more midfielders than we have in some other positions. I don't think it, is, uh, I don't think it can be referred to as a wealth anywhere, <laughs> in, uh, anywhere in football. But, um, yeah, an emotional goodbye from, from Cullen. The, it was nice to hear. Obviously, a big West Ham fan, Tom, but it's mm. not one... We, we covered it last week. Um, not mm. one that... This, you know, it's just nice, a nice touch, but won't miss him too much, will we? No, exactly. On the playing side of things, I think he was never really going to break into first team, make a major impact. Maybe squad depth, we could have used him. But in terms of the message, oh, I'm, I'm proud that he's one of us and we brought him through as a West Ham fan because if I was in the same situation and left my boy club, I'd feel like I, I really want to desperately speak to the people who made it special. And he came out and did that eloquently in a proper man's way. Um, didn't shirk anything, said he enjoyed it and didn't come out pointing fingers about why he isn't there anymore. And he just said how much he loved it and how much he respects the fans and how much he will still be part of West Ham. Once you're in, you can't get out. And sadly, us three know that better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look, lads, uh, Josh King, Saeed Benrahma. I don't know what's going on with either of them, to be honest. It's been one of those weeks for transfer news that I've just thought, ah, wait, come, someone come and tell me when he's holding the shirt up and they've announced the signing. That's, it's been one of those for me. Uh, the Ben Rama stuff, as we're recording, seems like it's going to happen. First of all, the I don't understand it because of the Grady D and Garner stuff. But what I want to ask first, James, we put out a Twitter poll 
as usual. So uh, I know we normally leave the Twitter poll until a little bit later in the show, but we asked the West Ham uh, fans and the We Are West Ham listeners earlier on, nice and simple, once again, if you had to pick, who would you prefer to sign, Saeed Benrahma or Josh King? Jonesy, what are the We Are West Ham listeners saying? Runaway winner. Um, and it's Saeed Benrahma is, is the winner. So just, just under 75% Baffling poll of um of, of voted for Ben Rama, uh yeah, twenty five percent for for Josh King. Baffling. You, you seem so upset by that, but yeah, I mean it is it's a strange move given the decision to sell Dean Garner and David Sullivan coming out a couple of weeks later saying we sold him because we had too many wingers. Um, I know Philippe Anderson has, has since left as well, but you know we sold a, a what a twenty twenty one year old. Uh, winger, highly promising winger for 18 million and bought an, an older winger, highly promising, yeah, but an older winger for, for almost double that and it's it's just a little bit like well, is is there a transfer strategy here or have you yeah. just gone well we need to make another signing before this transfer window, let's just get this guy in um, With the exact same amount of Premier League experience exactly. as Dean Garner It's, um, you know, if anything, less because Dean Garner's actually made Premier League appearances before And been before in a Premier League him. squad yeah. Um, so it is baffling, but um, yeah, it's I don't don't really understand it. But if he comes, just like we said with Craig Dawson, we'll back him. He's you know, he's an exciting player, one of the best players in the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we do David Moyes does have quite a good record of buying from the championship. So perhaps it might might you know come good. But I just wonder where he's going to fit in. You know, mm-hmm. um, given the way we're playing at the moment, it doesn't walk straight into the team for me. Uh, what happens to four nows? Um, it doesn't go straight in. So it's a lot of money to pay, pay for a player that doesn't walk straight into your starting 11. Tom, have you, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've got the poll up in front of you at the moment, have you? I don't. Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm just uh, interested to see that uh, a couple of the comments. Tom Toll, both would be a dream, but right now we need to prioritise the left flank, uh, especially after letting Anderson go out on loan. Buying another striker would be counterintuitive. Now, that first sentence, I sort of agree, I sort of agree with Tom. I don't know about prioritising it, but what a weird sentence that we need to prioritise the left flank. Not a weird sentence from Tom, but a weird sentence. Why are we saying that after we everyone kicked off? Because it's just so it's crazy. No one seems to be addressing the fact that only a few weeks ago, West Ham released an official statement excusing themselves from selling Grady D and Garner in which they said we have got too many wingers now we're putting a poll out and West Ham are going no no we need to get Ben Rama in because we need left wing what is going on what is happening but no no one seems to be thinking it's crazy like I do I think it's with me. The reason I don't think it's crazy is that our transfer policy has been awful it's been warped since I've been a fan it's been terrible I, I come to expect this thing but what I will say about this bloke is 17 goals in championship last year, nine assists. He's unbelievably talented. He is the type of player you go and you pay to watch. He isn't just a workhorse. He's a guy who can change a game and shift in an instant. We've gone about it all wrong. Dean Garner should still absolutely be at the club. They even play in two different positions, the blokes. One plays on the right, the other plays on the left. So it just doesn't make any sense. You're not replacing Dean Garner by getting Ben Rama in. You're replacing Anderson, who's only on loan. We should have gone about it better. We should have been better in the market and sold him. But at the end of the day, if we do get him in, there's a reason... He's 30 million. It's a bit odd no one else came in for him, but he's a top, top player. And I think in a few months, I think we'll be waxing lyrical about him. He's more talented player than anyone else in our squad in terms of unlocking defences and doing 
the random stuff that that no one else can do. I'm not saying he'll be more effective than a Bowen who's got that directness and that quick adjust to Premier League. But I think Ben Rama will, will be a big fan favourite if he gets it right. But it's incredibly bizarre the way we've gone about it. We we aren't replacing Dean Garner because they're different positions. We aren't getting a centre half for 35 million or whatever we should have got. We we ended up getting the player who everyone apparently wanted this window from the Everton's West Ham, but no one else got. So we're picking him up now. And without a centre-half, we got Craig Dawson in there. So it's, it's a weird one, but I am actually excited to get him in, to be honest. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do for us because he is one of those players who can pull something out of nothing. Anything less than peak Lanzini, <laughs> he's not worth it. And that's what, I, that's what I'm expecting. Anything less than peak Lanzini. Just quickly on the other comments, John Goodman says, why not Bournemouth? Uh, why not both, sorry? Bournemouth wouldn't mind installments. Um, Greg, WHU Greg, Bournemouth are eager to get him off the books as his wages are high. They'd likely take a down payment and installments. Uh, John Goodman, again, I'll push for a loan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised that, 74% of people would rather see Saeed Benrahma than Josh King. I think Josh King would be absolutely brilliant. He's he's basically, I, I think, uh, you know, a B-Tech Mark Arnautovic with room for improvement. He's he's quite all action. He can uh, he can get up in the air. He can win headers. He can put the ball in on the floor. Um, I think he suits the style uh, a lot better than, um, than certainly Haller does. I saw your piece, James, in Blowing Bubbles magazine uh, this week that we both write for about um, Haller, and you made a good point. Just said he's a great player. It would be a shame for it not to work out, but it seems like too much would need to change uh, system-wise to for us to play to his strengths. And I think Josh King would fit into that, into the style we play. Brilliantly, and I think he would be an absolutely phenomenal signing. And certainly, then I think it would be for me anyway an easier pill to swallow if the 17 ish million quid that uh, it looks like Bournemouth want for him that's basically all the Dean Garner money. And then I think that would be a swap well made. Just quickly, Jonesy, a um, couple more just quick ones. Uh, the Danish 20 year old centre back Frederick Alves Ibson uh, set to complete a deal for him and also interested in Preston's Ben Davis. What can you tell us about those in one minute and 16 seconds? Not a great deal, mate. Uh, I saw a report sort of late this afternoon about this this young. Danish 20-year-old centre-half, Frederick Alves Ibsen. Apparently, we're going to sign him. I think it's just over a million pound deal. And he's going to join officially in January, apparently. I think that's, that report's coming from Denmark um, and being sort of rehashed over here. And Ben Davis, highly rated Preston centre-half. I, I don't know whether there's a lot of truth in that. I think that's probably a little bit hearsay, given West Ham's desperation to, to bring in some centre-backs, um, highlighted by the fact we bought Craig Dawson. But... We'll see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, stay with us because next up we've got our first guest of the show, Chad Yeomans from Betway to talk about the winnings that I had in the Leicester game and our bets for the Spurs game this weekend. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and the most boring voice in England, James Jones. Uh, I'm delighted to say that after, after the, um, uh, the, the, the views, news and uh, all, all of the insight that we got from the chaps just 
on the uh, Craig Dawson stuff, Declan Rice being the best central midfielder in England and indeed the world, and uh, Kufal and Suchek still being best mates for Czech Republic. I'm delighted that we're moving on swiftly to the Betway charity bet section. We announced last week that we finally had a winner. I claimed 60 quid for the Bobby Moore Fund, and as Chad from Betway uh, agreed or kindly told us at the beginning of the season, Betway are going to be matching all of our winnings at the end of the season. So that's 120 quid for the Bobby Moore Fund in the bag already. James Jones and Tom Edwards were desperately unlucky. I'm delighted to say Chad's joining us tonight. He was unable to dial in last week because his brand spanking new house still didn't have Wi-Fi yet. Chad, I'm glad you've uh, caught up, connected to the 21st century and uh yeah we we had our first winner last week we did indeed congratulations mate uh, i thought it was superb and to be honest i was really close wasn't it to everyone going over the line for the first time so actually what i wanted to do uh, live on the podcast was say that it was such a good effort i'm going to match whatever will want so i'm going to put 60 pound into each of your charity pots so you've all, you're all on the board with a little bit of cash so now here we go starting with 60 pound in each of you so, Will, you actually took one for the team here, mate. Yeah, great stuff. That's uh, that's brilliant news. Thanks very much, Chad, Tom uh, Tom and James, I'm sure. Um, Dylan, Tom Beattie's mum, Tracy, James and uh, and Isla's mum. Nicky will be delighted um, with that news, Chad. That's, uh, that's great stuff. And another piece of good news, this is obviously a... Uh, a segment that's uh, been running a few weeks now. We're glad to finally get some money on the board. Um, we've had speaking uh, in the last couple of days. We're hoping to have Stephanie Moore on, a uh, wife and widow of the great man, Bobby, to discuss her work. She was the lady who set up the Bobby Moore Fund originally. So we're hoping to get Stephanie on in the next few weeks um, to discuss the, the great work that we're, that we're trying to do and the, the great work, of course, uh, that the Bobby Moore Fund are trying to do. Chad, You've, uh, you've you've said to a few of us recently, particularly me, you know, about being a little bit more brave with our selections. I'm absolutely thrilled that I finally got some some money on the board. Uh, we've, we've we've gone. Well, I said to you earlier that uh, we've gone a little bit braver, um, and you said, yeah, just about. It's not not massively this week, but um, yeah. So now the money's on the board. Are you uh, you impressed with our selections, or do, do you still need me to go a bit more? No, I just think, I mean, if we're looking back at the results, I mean, yes, you've got money on the board before the others, but we were literally only one disallowed goal away from actually quite a decent payout. I mean, James, yours would have been 275 and Tom, yours is going to be 112.50. So, it's, and they're not massively different, just maybe a little bit more support for the Hammers. Uh, I'm now looking forward to this week. Tom has certainly put his faith in the Hammers against the uh, Spurs, who have been phenomenal this season. I mean, the way they kind of tore apart Man United, who were abysmal, don't get me wrong. Um, and, and there are people, Harry Redknapp, I know, came, well, went on TalkSport and was saying that he thinks they can win the Premier League. And I mean, <laughs> I, I think they're still a little bit away off that, but they are playing so smart. And Jose does get these teams to win, doesn't he? So it's going to be a very difficult game this weekend. But you'd rather the Hammers be going into it with, with six points at the last possible, so at the last possible six. On the back of uh, some good form, Jonesy, do you want to do you want to let everyone know for for this week's game with Tottenham what your uh, what you've gone for this week with your fifty pounds that Betway have given us uh, to place on a bet, which the winnings of course for you going to the DT thirty eight Dylan Tompedis Foundation. Yeah, cool. So um, I played it safe again because I'm just so desperate to get some money on the board, but uh, 
both teams to score to begin with. Um, although we've kept two clean sheets, I, I, I think Tottenham's attack is is probably well, definitely up there as, as one of the best in in the Premier League at the moment. And with Gareth Bale potentially playing a part in some one way or another, and he loves he used to love a go against us. So I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, even with Craig Dawson at the back. Um, and um, so I've got both teams to score. I've, what? what? <laughs> best defender in the Premier League. What are you talking about? Um, over two and a half goals, um, as as we've seen, you know, as goals, goals, goals all over the Premier League at the moment. And I, I think playing it safe there with a two and a half goals, and then over eight and a half corners. I think last couple of games there's been quite a lot of corners in in West Ham fixtures and, and, and Spurs as well. So that kind of made sense. So I don't know what the price is on that yet, but. Um, it, it's a play it safe bet I think this weekend but I'm um, just eager to win one chaps eager as always win. as always the uh, the We Are West Ham listeners Chad can go on the the Betway website and the app to place uh, the We Are West Ham bets it's under the Bet Your Way section if fans just scroll down on that they'll find the uh, the bets for me James and Tom what are you saying about Jonesy's this week are you uh, confident they'll win some money legitimately rather than relying on handouts from you <laughs> uh, do you know what? I think so. I think this is the week you'll actually earn some money, so to speak. I do think both teams will score. I do think Spurs are still vulnerable at the back. They're, they're really good going forward, but they still are really vulnerable at the back. Over two and a half goals seems likely. Um, and as you say, there are plenty of corners in games at the moment with teams playing on the attack all the time. So, yeah, likely, very likely this week, James. Tom, what have you, uh, just let everyone else at home know, what have you gone for for your bet to uh, to try and win some money for Isla's fight? As seems to be the pattern with me, I've gone both teams to score and now I've gone for Sue Fowl, it is lads, by the way. Sue Fowl to be booked. You lost that and, vote, mate, it's Sue Fowl. Yeah, yeah, you lost it. And then, um, and then I've gone for West Ham to win. I just fancy us, I, I, I don't fancy us at all, but... Chad's made me believe in this way of doing things and, and I'm so behind it because I couldn't win on a Spurs win. I'd be so upset myself if I back then. So I'm all for it, Chad. And I think, fingers crossed, you never know because last time I backed us against Leicester and we got the job done. So here we go. Absolutely, man. Your price will always be bigger if you're playing against one of the top six sides. So there'll always be bigger odds and in turn, bigger returns. Um, looking at, I don't know if it's Sufal or Kufal, I'll go with Kufal because that's whatever the, the mass thing to say. Um, he's already been booked twice this season, once for West Ham, once for his previous club. Uh, booked five mm. times last season and booked seven times the season before. Uh, never been sent off, or not not in the last four seasons anyway. Um, so he, do, he is prone to getting a yellow card, he's prone to leaving one late. Uh, both teams to score, as we know, yeah, I think that's likely. And West Ham to win his, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? I think Absolutely. we are in fantastic form. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is true Chad we've got Charlie Eccleshare the Tottenham correspondent for The Athletic coming on later in the show and we're going to of course ask him about Gareth Bale and it seems very likely that he'll certainly be involved whether or not he'll start or not Tottenham winning 6-1 at Old Trafford last time I mean how do you change that sort of winning team uh, but I've gone with Gareth Bale to score a goal in both halves and over three and a half total goals uh, do you think that's something, obviously, that is liable to change? And I may change that later in the week if it looks like Bale's not going to play at all. Um, but you you sort of, it, I felt like I was being a little bit braver. You've got to give me something. There's a little bit there, mate. There's a little bit there. But I still think you've got to start siding with the Hammers. I mean, let's look at Bale. Bale might not even play. And if he does, he's probably going to have half an hour, maybe 20 minutes. Will the game be over by then? Or is he going to come on and potentially change the game? It's going to be... 
it's it will it will be a proper game as well. This this is they're going to go hell for leather from the start. I don't think Spurs are going to knock as many past West Ham as they did past United. I don't think any team this season are going to look as frail as United did at the back. I mean, they're all at sick. They must have been out the night before. It was, it was absolutely insane. Just nobody was switched on. Um, and you've looked defensively so compact in the last few games. Yeah, I, I was a little... Because I've gone... I, I decided to go over 3.5 goals. I've done two and a half most of the time this season. And although, you know, I'd like to... I, would like to see a few goals in the game. You could also see it being a really solid, solid, you could easily see it being a 1-0, couldn't you? Both teams putting in really organised defensive displays. You know, Mourinho is renowned for that. Both teams, certainly West Ham in recent weeks, have liked to sit back and then counter-attack, which is what Spurs, you know, they're famed for that as well. I, uh, you could also easily see it being a, being a one nil, but I agree. I've just got a feeling it's going to be one of those classic West Ham Tottenham games, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping uh, might be able to bag a few quid. So, Chad, the um, as has been happening most of the time this season, if uh, fans want to back our bets, that'll be on around the sort of Friday ish this week. Do you think? Yeah, mate. Friday morning, uh, we'll publish the blog on the Betway Insider, and they'll all be on the match selection on the pre-built bet selection on the Bet Your Way bit. So easy, quite easy to find under each of your names. There'll be a corresponding price attached to that then as well. Absolutely. Well, on the uh, Jonesy, we'll be tweeting out, won't we, off the We Are West Ham Twitter account, um, yeah. all of our our bets and the prices when they come out later in the week for fans if they want to back them on the Betway website. Chad, thanks very much on behalf of these two for the uh, for the extra money that you've you've put on the board. So the league table doesn't look quite as embarrassing when it goes up on uh, on Twitter every week, but we appreciate that. And uh, here's hoping for a Spurs win. If I was going to, Chad, if I'm, uh, when I'm going to back my own bet, as I do every week on the Betway um, app later this week, for a bit more of an, an outsider, a bit more of a longer odds bet, what would you, uh, what would you be encouraging me to, to go for? Uh, oh, you put me on the spot <laughs> with this one. I do think you're probably going to find that Yarmolenko is going to play a huge part if he plays. Um, I do think... I mean... <laughs> The way Spurs are going to set up, is, I think the game's going to have set-piece goals. So, tall players to score from set-pieces, I think it's going to be good. So, whether you're going to start doing anytime goal scorers and putting in some defenders to get your prices up, they're going to be where the anytime goal scorers on a defender is roughly between 8 and 16 to 1. So, that's where you start boosting things up. So, that, that would be my selection. So, that's how to try and carve into what I'm thinking. To try, and, to try and entice you. I fancy Suchek perhaps for a header. But Chad, thanks very much as always for joining us. Certainly thanks uh, for, the, for the money, for the lads to kick them off for this season. And uh, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you again in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Absolute pleasure to be on again, gents. So we listen to the We Are West Ham listeners have their say then on the Saeed Ben Rama or Josh King transfer saga. And now I'm delighted to say uh, once again, we are joined by an outstanding guest for our opposition view. Huge game, probably the biggest of the season for a lot of West Ham fans. Spurs coming up 
on the weekend. And I'm delighted to say we're joined by Tottenham correspondent for The Athletic, Charlie Eccleshare. Charlie, thanks very much for joining us. I think there's one question on every West Ham fan's mind, or there certainly was before the old Project Big Picture thing came along. But Gareth Bale, it was always going to happen mm -hmm. when he turned up at Tottenham. The news came out within hours that his first game was likely to be against West Ham. Most Hammers fans have got quite painful memories of Gareth pinging him in from 40, 50, 60 yards against us to uh, to break our hearts last minute. It looks like, what's the chances uh, in your opinion? Is it is he going to play on the weekend? Will he start or is he coming off the bench? Yeah, the expectation is that he will be involved. Um, as to whether he starts, I don't know. It's a tough one for Mourinho because obviously they're in such good form. They won the last game 6-1. So do you stick with that formula you know, but then it's Gareth Bale. So it is a tricky one. It may also depend on if um, some of Tottenham's uh, international contingent pick up injuries, uh, whether that opens up a space for Bale. Uh, but yeah, we are expecting to see him uh, at some point. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Well, that, that would make quite a, not a, you know, almost a convenient excuse, would it not, to Mourinho? You forgive me if I'm not sure off the top of my head, but has Lucas Moore or Son, have they gone away long distance? Um, with Spurs so is it, is it one of those he could say oh look I'm just resting you you've had a long journey and Gareth's coming yeah. in yeah he could I mean he uh, you know and, and, and it's Bale after all so he doesn't really need to justify it I suppose uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean and I think most I mean I, I wrote uh, did a piece earlier in the week kind of answering reader questions and one was about whether Bale would make his debut and I uh, you know I made the point that I think one thing Spurs have done well at the moment is if you've played well, you've generally kept your place. And I think that's important. But then when it's bailed, do you, do you just make that exception? Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Tom, do you think that Bale can really fulfil the, the hype that surrounded his, his return to Spurs? I mean, the, the back end of his Real Madrid career wasn't great, wasn't playing very often. And, and obviously that was down to a number of different things. But there's been so much hype, and rightly so, about his return to Spurs. Do you think there's there's a danger that you know it might just turn into a bit of a just a, a romantic yet sort of unfulfilled return to North London for Gareth Bale? It could do. I mean, that is the fear, isn't it? That um, you know that idea of never go back because it could. Um, I wouldn't say tarnish the legacy, but it can you know not not be quite as good. And obviously, it's seven years on, and Gareth Bale at 31 is a very different beast to a 24. I guess the flip side is that he does come back with four Champions League titles, two La Ligas. He is a kind of proven winner now. Um, so there is that risk. And I guess the, the other concern would be injuries. Obviously, he's come carrying an injury and that's why he hasn't played till now. And he is someone who at Real Madrid suffered quite a lot of injuries. Um, but I think at the moment, so I, I think that definitely is a possibility. I think at the moment, uh, the feeling amongst Spurs fans is more just excitement uh, and anticipation. Um, but that's why it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think, you know, obviously everyone knows Gareth Bale, knows what he's about, but it will be so interesting on Sunday and then in the weeks beyond seeing kind of the different version of Gareth Bale. You know, he, I, he's not going to be the kind of Roy of the Rovers picking the ball up charging past four or five players and smashing one in. I, I just don't think he's, he's that player anymore, but he still could well be very, very effective. Um, and I guess for your guys' sake, you're just hoping uh, he, he kind of takes a little bit of time to settle and doesn't hit the ground running on Sunday. 
Charlie, this, this last few weeks, Harry Redknapp, Jamie O'Hara and a number of other people have come out and sort of tipped Spurs to maybe even have a crack at the league title this year. Do you think that that's people getting ahead of themselves in the hysteria of Gareth Bale and having Mourinho in charge of this serial winner? What, do you, what is the expectation now at Tottenham with all these people there? Are they rising or is it still get Champions League? I think um, it's, it's, it's odd at this stage of the season, isn't it? Things change so quickly because you're dealing with such small sample sizes. So on the first weekend, Spurs lost at home to Everton and it was all doom and gloom. And it was, oh my God, you know, this team are dysfunctional. They can't really play. And then you have a few wins, a couple of signings, and it does all change. And that's certainly what's happened at Tottenham. And as you say, guys like Harry Redknapp are saying they could make a crack at the title. And I think that's partly based on the fact that Liverpool and City have looked oddly vulnerable I still think over the course of a 38 game season um, top four is probably more realistic aim um, and they've got a horrible they've actually got four games coming up that they would identify as fairly winnable um, I think it's West Ham uh, it's Burnley Brighton West Brom but then they've got a horrible run where four of their five games are against City Chelsea Arsenal and Liverpool and so I think we'll have a much better idea kind of by that point, which takes us through to about uh, sometime in December as to whether they're kind of top four or could even be tied to challenges or it may be <laughs> doom and gloom again. You know, I'm sure you guys have felt that, you know, with West Ham that it looks at doom and gloom and then a couple of great wins and you're thinking, hold on a minute, we could, we could really do something here. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, this is probably a cop-out answer, but I, I would say, you know, early December have a much better idea of... Uh, and whether guys like Harry Redknapp were getting ahead of themselves or whether they are genuine uh, title contenders. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll forgive you that cop-out, Charlie. Just for the record, <laughs> it definitely was, but we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> let you have it. One thing, it would be criminal of me while we've got you on. Um, you obviously know the ins and outs of, of everything that's going on at Tottenham. Uh, while the, the project big picture that's come out this week. Tottenham have been fairly quiet on the matter, have a lot, has have understandably a lot of big clubs at this stage we're at now. Tottenham are included in that big six group. Obviously, Liverpool and Man United, the leaders, and somehow West Ham have wormed their way into the, uh, to the, the golden group or mm. however you want to you bill it. What's your uh, sort of understanding on, on that and particularly as far as uh, sort of Tottenham's take on it all? Because to be honest, to most people watching from afar, it wouldn't surprise them from a, from a cynical point of view um, to, see, to see Tottenham evolved in that because they've, they've done so well to establish themselves as one of you know, the, the big six. Yeah, I mean, as you say, like the, the way you um, you kind of look at it from a West Ham point of view, you're thinking we've done all right here, haven't we? You know, we're in that permanent nine group. And I think for Spurs, it's something similar that this is a team who, you know, haven't won the league in coming up to 60, the top flight in coming up to 60 years. And so to be in that top six group speaks really to kind of the turnaround of the last 10 years or so. Um, you know, under Daniel Levy's stewardship and they've become Champions League re uh, regulars, you know, the dial has completely shifted for them. And so they, they're not speaking publicly about this, but I think it stands to reason that, you know, for them to be put in this bracket of the big six, which is, you know, if this all goes through, that's kind of going to entrench those teams at the top of the game. So, you know, I don't think it's, uh, it takes a huge leap of imagination to think that's going to be pretty favourable uh, to them you know that's it's actually kind of amazing to think that they are in that group you know I saw um, you know some people have been saying I think they've won the league as many times as Preston um, so you know, <laughs> um, 
for them to be there is is kind of remarkable and like i say it speaks to what they've done over the last 10 years so we'll get a better sense of their you know kind of formal position in, i think at the premier league meetings tomorrow and that's going to be so revealing I and mean, that's just going to be fireworks across the board um but look if, if this all goes through it's it's going to be pretty favourable for them. And the great thing about it is from a PR perspective, it's not like it's Daniel Levy who's been leading it. You know, it's uh, it's Liverpool and United who are getting all the heat. So they can kind of be like, look, you know, we're just kind of going along with uh, with with what we've been told and asked. Um, <laughs> but we're more than happy to. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in the same way, you know, for you as West Ham, you'd be like, look, you know, is, the, is this permanent nine thing fair? Maybe not. But look, we're... we're it seems, in that club. I, I, I read the latest thing I saw from the, the BBC that well, West Ham were, have been against the, the proposition. I'm sort of oh, really? struggling. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to see why at this stage there will obviously be, um, you know, given West Ham's track record of decision making, there will obviously be a probably a financial reason for, for that, you know, sort of understandably. I think the, the general feeling at the moment among football fans seems to be that across the land, it almost a... Uh, just they're resigned to the fact that the what really is good for football and uh, that they're resigned to the fact that finances will always be and are always uh, elevated above what might be right for the game um yeah so i did yeah i mean tottenham and west ham of both you, you've seen the decision making of both clubs in recent years and and most at that top end of the premier league or, or certainly those who want to be it does all come down to to finances now do you think um, just from your point of view, as a more of a general, while we've got you on, do you think? Do you think? Can you see it going through? Because it seems like everyone's crying out, or more so in the Premier League, uh, crying out for it not to happen for the good mm. of the competition, um, because, and to veer away from the more NFL style league. Can you see it going through? Just uh, in your opinion? You no, know, I, I was thinking like if you'd asked me this yesterday, I'd probably have said no. I don't think so. But now I think. I don't think it will go through kind of in, in this iteration. I think there'll be more um, kind of reforms to it. And I think to an extent it was, you know, it was a first offer. I don't think it was necessarily expected that everyone's going to be like, yeah, absolutely wave it through. But I am increasingly thinking that like a version of it um, could well go through. J- just, just hearing today more and more of what clubs in the FL are saying and how receptive a lot of them are. Because it's hard, like when you're being offered like such a short-term carrot to think of the long term, and you can say that's what's awful about it, that's what's predatory about it, but that's what makes me think when you are in dire financial straits and you're being offered a lifeline, I just think that's going to be appealing to a lot of clubs. But it's going to be so interesting to see how it pans out. It's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a choice between you either take death or a deal with the devil. Sort exactly. Of from, yeah. From most and uh, yeah, you can see clubs just picking the the sort of the lesser of two evils, if you like. Charlie, just quickly before you go back to the um, back to the game this weekend, just uh, just quickly, how do you see it going style wise, and then give us a quick score prediction before we let you go. Yeah, I mean, you guys will know a lot better, obviously, about West Ham, but my my sense is. Certainly from seeing um, the Arsenal game, where I thought West Ham were really good and, and deserved certainly not to lose and probably deserved to win. And they, they, re- they did a really good job of, kind of stifling that Arsenal attack. And I expect they'll do something similar on Sunday. I don't know if they'll... I mean, they went three at the back that day. I don't know if you think they'll do that again. But um, certainly you, you would think they would go 
with a plan to frustrate Tottenham. And it'll be really interesting because that is sometimes where they've struggled a bit more. Like they've been more effective playing on the counter, teams who come out and attack them. And like United, obviously the fact they were the home team and they're in theory, you know, the team that finished third, they went at Spurs a bit more, which then left gaps in behind them to exploit. So it's going to be a real challenge for Tottenham up against a team that aren't going to do that, that are going to be disciplined, that are going to, you know, defend well. You know, that's something we have come to expect from David Moyes' teams. And obviously they've kept clean sheets in the last two games. Um, so I don't think it's going to be one of those, I don't think Spurs are going to go and just, you know, steamroll them at all. I think it's going to be a really tough afternoon. But I do think just the depth of that Tottenham squad means they have so many options on the bench. One of them maybe Gareth Bale, as we've spoken about. So I think they'll they'll have enough, probably enough firepower to bring on to kind of just get over the line. And so I think prediction-wise, I'd probably go something like 2-1 to Tottenham. Two on um, to Tottenham. Well, we've had uh, three, the, the last three opposition views we've had, we've had Wolves, Leicester and now Tottenham, who've all predicted a team, uh, a win for Wolves, Leicester and now Tottenham. And we've yeah. won the first two. We, so hopefully we can make it three out of three. At the you'll weekend. be relieved to know my predictions are generally really bad. So <laughs> It's good. Well, Charlie, if we uh, if West Ham do win at the weekend after that, you can be assured of an invite back on the <laughs> yeah, West Ham exactly. podcast again. And of course, uh, if we don't, and we'll never ever speak to you again. But thanks, uh, thanks very much. Thanks very much for joining us, Charlie. Oh, yeah, we pleasure. do appreciate it. Thanks to uh, thanks to Rashane for sorting us out last week. And stay with us because it's name that game. Tom Edwards is the quizmaster next. Charlie Eccleshare, the Spurs correspondent for The Athletic. Excellent insight. Thanks again to friend of the podcast, uh, West Ham correspondent Rashane, for putting us in touch with his esteemed colleague there. Some interesting thoughts from Charlie. Sounds like Gareth Bale will inevitably be scoring against West Ham at the weekend. So hopefully my bet comes in that we had with Chad from Betway earlier and I can raise a bit more money for the Bobby Moore Fund and not rely on handouts like my two We Are West Ham colleagues, lads, Quizmaster, Tom Edwards, name that game. It's a huge one this week. Jones, jo- James Jones leads the leaderboard on 10 points. Me and Tom tied uh, in second on six points after last week. Uh, an excellent one last week. Enjoyed it. But Tom, you're you're the quiz master this week. So for those of you, I'm sure everyone who listens now will have got on board with the name of the game. Uh, seven pieces of information Tom has got in front of him about a West Ham game from the past. Me and Jonesy get one point each for each one of them we guess. Uh, Tom will keep on reading them aloud until me or Jonesy want to have a guess. So shall we go straight into it, Jones? Or have you got any, uh, have you got any pre-match thoughts? No, let's get into it. Crack straight on. into it. Tom, Tom over yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get stuck in straight to it as well. I don't, I don't want to give anything away. And here we go. Obscure fact number one is that Declan Rice made his debut in this game. I've got to go for the scoreline, haven't I? Yeah. Go yep. 2-1. That is correct. Oh, uh... Opposition goal scorer. Opposition goal scorer for you, Will. Chris Wood? No. Throw it. James, you've got a chance James, on opposition. Got an effort there. One opposition it, goal scorer. Is it Pidra? 
No, it's not. It's not. Oh. It's not, sadly. We move on. We move on, don't we, lads? Uh, oh, I'll have a go. Yeah, um, go on. No. Oh. Sofian Faguli. Yes, he's got it. Yeah. Oh, you're joking. Ja- yeah. <laughs> James, what are you glancing at? <laughs> Anyone watching on YouTube at the moment, James, James Jones' head continually turning to the left. I'm looking at the running order. I'm looking yeah. at the running order. You can't even see it. Look, the running uh, order. Disgraceful <laughs> stuff. Disgraceful stuff. Right. Um, Alien. Turf Moor. That is correct. Thanks. Opponent for Jonesy. Burnley. Yeah. Uh, season was. Uh, what are we in now? How long has he been good for? Um, Forever. Yeah, that is true. Ninety. Who hey, was last one? I'm gonna go. E. Uh, Eighteen. Nineteen. Incorrect. Oh no! I knew it. Why did I change my mind last minute? It's seventeen eighteen. Incorrect. Oh! <laughs> Incorrect. oh. Who knew? What uh, are the scores? Has, has Jonesy won that outright? Jonesy has won it outright because he's got two. He's got three, so he's three one at the minute. Absolute nightmare. You would know, of course, Tom Edwards picking a game from about two minutes ago because he's yeah. only been a fan for five. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. But but yeah. do you want to know? Do you want to know the meat of it? Yeah, go on, Tom. Go on, give us a bit more. Yeah, it was the last day of the season in the sixteen seventeen season. That's what threw me as well. I I was surprised it was as far back as that. But sixteen seventeen season two one, Sofian Faguli and the late great brilliant uh, Andre Ayus. <laughs> And getting the assist, so uh, and uh, Andre Gray assisting Sam Vokes for them. So it wasn't exactly a blockbuster, but that started where that started. I thought I'd make it current. I thought I'd make it a bit current for the man of the man of the moment. Because you Love had it. such a great week this week. So, Joe, uh, just a quick top up of the scores there, Jonesy. You've made your lead at the top of the table even more. Uh, impressive. I've nipped one point ahead of Tom on seven. Jonesy, what are you on now? Is that 13 for you? Yeah, 13 for me. Will, you're on seven and, and Tom, Tom's on six. I'll go back to having played one less. Back to me for Quizmaster next week as well. Well, that's uh, fantastic stuff, Tom. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, I like, we like a win at Burnley as well, don't we? Yeah, we do every. I remember the one when Sacco Sacco got one. The Apple Sacco in three one was it Valencia? Yeah, Valencia. That was, that was yeah, when we yeah. were like full foot Christmas, weren't we? That, yeah, that season. Blue, yeah. The, the Thunderbirds kit as well. I yeah, remember yeah. <laughs> the Thunderbirds kit. Absolutely. Well, look, thirteen for points for James Jones, seven for me, and six for Tom Edwards means Jonesy's lead at the top of the name that game leaderboard is extended even more stay with us because next up we've got the final segment of the show the West Ham women with women's football expert and sports journalist from the Sun Isabel Barker (laughs) 
you are listening to the we are west ham podcast still thanks for staying with us as always and as always again the uh, we're wrapping up the show with the west ham women's segment i'm delighted to welcome back to the we are west ham podcast isabel barker women's football expert and sports journalist from the sun isabel great to have you back again and you've been hanging out with broadcasting royalty this week uh, mr alan brazil from talk sport breakfast show fame I know, and lucky my liver has survived. We met at about 11 in the morning and we're already drinking. So yeah, I've just about got through the week. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, for anyone um, who knows, she's got a new book out, am I right? For anyone who uh, wants to yeah. pick up on that piece, it was in the, in the Sun. You can get that interview online. But yeah, he's got a new book out. Yeah, it's a new Warts and All autobiography. Lots of funny untold stories in there. Lots of emotional ones too. But um, yeah, it's definitely a good Christmas present or something like that. A bit early, but not- yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> lots of uh, lots of champagne as well by the sounds of it well look we uh, last time we spoke to you we were talking with some measured optimism about the uh, West Ham women's chances for the season been a bit of a rocky start since we last spoke to you and since we last uh, or obviously the women had an international break since we last spoke on the show uh, West Ham had a brilliant penalties win over Brighton after the two-all draw in the League Cup and then unfortunately lost 3-1 to Everton in the WSL at the weekend. Kate Longhurst, after the game, coming out and apologising for her own performance, saying she doesn't know what the answers are, but she was really bad and she apologises. Um, Matt Beard and Emily Van Egmond have come out and said they need to believe in themselves more. The girls are playing Man United at home this Sunday. I uh, It's starting to get a bit... I don't know, it's getting to that stage now where there seems to be quite a feeling of negativity uh, around the team. I finished up watching the last episode of the Squad Goals documentary in the week and there was there was that feeling last season as well of a lot of bickering in mm. the squad and although they had some good individuals, the ability for them to gel on the pitch seemed quite difficult. But um, yeah, what, what are you making of it so far? Particularly after that good win at Brighton on penalties, obviously it was quite a feel-good factor, mm. but it seems to have gone a little bit sour since. Yeah, I think that that's you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Those kind of like um, problems with the cohesion on the pitch and kind of having a go at each other's kind of reared its ugly head again because um, they, as I've said before on this podcast, they've got such high quality in their squad, really high profile transfers. So they've really not had the start of the season that you would have expected. And I think that's what the managers said as well. You know, it's not gone how we've expected. But then he's come out and said oh, there's promise in some areas. Yeah, I think there is in terms of that they've scored goals against two of the biggest sides in the WSL at this point, Arsenal and Everton. But they're shipping so many goals, um, you know, against that 9-1 against Arsenal and then three with Everton. Um, so defensively, that's a that's a really poor area for them. And I think, I think there's so much quality in the squad that it's about the manager now to sort of step up and, and not give a kind of a vague apology on Twitter and to kind of really um, unite the squad, really. But yeah, the, the Brighton game was a really encouraging turning point. They grinded out a win against a Brighton side who, who drew with Man City, so a very strong Brighton side. But um, yeah, it's kind of gone downhill. It's a bit worrying because they've not even found a win in the WSL yet. And with all those big transfers, it's, it's a sad sign. <laughs> Yes, but I think the last time you you were on, I think it was just after that that nine one defeat. You you mentioned that mm. you know they, the players, there's some really talented players, obviously after those summer signs you just mentioned, and 
I think you mentioned back then that they need to realise how talented they are and actually believe themselves a little bit more. And then we've seen those lines come out. Is it, it, it runs deeper than that, doesn't it? It runs deeper than just sort of being a little bit more confident about your own ability now, isn't it? It's more, it seems like it's more tactical and perhaps even, as you said before, like from a cohesion point of view, it's more about yeah. just believing in your own ability and actually making changes and, and actually doing things. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it like tactical. That's a massive point. That's why I'm kind of calling on the manager now that he needs to step up and kind of not because we've seen his team talks. We've had like a behind the scenes view of his team talks in the documentary and it's a bit kind of like yeah go out there and, and play your best and it's kind of like no you need to be tactical now and actually lead a lot of players that they're all from different a lot of play West Ham I think last season had the most uh, women's players from different countries they had all over the world so it's really important to you know um, factor in all their different strengths unite them and and they I'm sure they're all very tactically different so he he needs to he needs to unite that and bring that together and and yeah it's that it's that cohesion but I'm also wondering with the new signings that have come in it's maybe it's maybe a chance for him now he needs to kind of maybe get rid of some of the the players that have been in the squad for a while and, and aren't really showing up and performing and um and and to try something different Isabel, Matt's, Matt Beard's been in charge since 2018. Obviously, he's done a wonderful job. He's taken us to an FA Cup final and all sorts during his time there. But is with obviously the pressure of the documentaries that have been going on in the last two years, is there a suggestion that there's a bit of burnout from here, from his side of things or a breakdown in relationships? Is there any suggestion that maybe his time is coming to an end or, or in the future that West Ham might look to move on from him? I think that's, that's a really good point because no one's denying that he's a brilliant manager in the women's game he's taken Liverpool to WSL titles mm. and like you say an, an FA Cup final with West Ham but um and the players really respect him Jilly Flaherty in that documentary mm. so powerfully says you know you guys wouldn't all be here if it wasn't for that manager so he's obviously got a re he's got a really good eye for recruitment but I think like you say maybe it is time for a bit of a shake-up and I and it, I guess it will be a test of how ruthless uh, um, Sullivan's are um, I think Jack says in his um, in his in the documentary you know like I'm gonna you know shake my own fist at him mm. but will that actually happen and um, yeah I guess I guess maybe it is a bit of burnout yeah, it, it, that's what that's what struck me from from watching it. The behind the scenes stuff, it just seemed a little bit Sunday League manager. I remember yeah. being on the end of team talks like that when I was over the local park, yeah. and you know there was just about scraped an eleven, and mm. nine of them were all hung over, and you had a one of the, one of the blokes just shout, "Come on, just get yeah. out there and get that stuck in." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and it just seemed. For and the elite level at which at which West Ham are trying to compete, it just did seem a little bit. I don't know, and and it seemed again just from you obviously saw small snippets, but you've got players like Ken Zadali, for example. Uh, you know, huge name, played for France, played mm. for some huge clubs in uh, PSG, obviously as well, and sitting there, and it almost felt a bit like hang on, is this, is this as good as it gets? Is this, yeah. you know, just being barked at 
I'm used to better than this. Do you think with those new signings, like you say, because they're from different different environments, because Matt's quite rough and ready, and I would say pretty stereotypically old school British, if you like, mm. do you think that is perhaps maybe lost on on some of the, 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 the foreign stars they've got in that side? Yeah, I think that is a really good point. And I think a lot of those players found it really difficult to settle in because, like you say, I think coming to West Ham women, possibly the most like typically... I don't know, London club of the league and, and with, you know, Jilly and, um, and Matt at the helm of it. But um, so, yeah, I think there needs to be some uh, emphasis on the tactical side of things and where these players have come from, like Kenza Darley. I mean, she's, as you say, she's used to Leon and PSG and Leon, the biggest winning mentality in the whole of women's football. And so, yeah, maybe it's just a bit of a mismatch there, but um, I think they need some real strong leadership going forward. And whether that's that's maybe someone like Jilly kind of stepping up a bit and kind of helping the girls a bit more, then that might be better for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Isabel, it's uh, Man United at home this Sunday uh, for the girls. What's your what's your take on that game? I understand you're at the North London derby uh, in the WSL rather than than West Ham this week. But what are you what are you expecting uh, from the Hammers? Well, I was, well, I was at um, Man, Man United's most recent game against Spurs, and I do think Man United they've only been a team for two years now. But they're already looking like a side that's going to break into the top three. They're looking really good. And if it was, if I had to say a worse team for West Ham to face right now, it might be Man United because they've just um, recently signed Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, two massive USA World Cup winners. Um, but then again, a, a side like Spurs, who who West Ham drew with, they they. Uh, Man United only scored one against Spurs, so West Ham definitely have a shot at that. And like I said, they have really good open attacking play. They can they can score goals from open play, like with um, last time Kenza Darley, but also Adriana Leon. She's brilliant at breaking free in front of goal. If they can let that happen, they'll really they'll really um, shake up Man United and, and put them under pressure. Well, uh, Isabel, before we let you go, West Ham, four games played, failed to get a win on the board yet. Four games, one draw, three defeats. Not good with that minus 11 goal difference. It's the second worst in the league after that 9-1 thrashing by Arsenal. United sitting pretty in fourth at the moment, played four, one, three, drawn one, still unbeaten. So a, a tall order indeed. Uh, can we just grab a quick score prediction off you before you go? Well, I know this is a West Ham podcast, but I just think United are on fire at the minute. So it's probably going to be 3-2. I expect a fair few goals, though, because West Ham are brilliant, brilliant in attacking. But yeah, I think United will probably win that one. You can have a 3-2 United. <laughs> Isabel, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Uh, Isabel suggesting there that West Ham are going to fall 3-2 to Manchester United in the WSL this weekend. But whatever happens, the girls need to do something quickly because they're still without a win in the WSL. But stay with us because next up we've got James Jones and some final thoughts to see whether he thinks he's been as boring and as sleep-inducing as some of our fans think he is. Yeah! 
So, Isabel, not very confident for the West Ham women this Sunday, home to Manchester United. But I sense uh, a feeling of confidence among you lads about West Ham men's fixture against Tottenham this weekend. Just quickly, because we didn't do them earlier, uh, Charlie thinking Spurs, Charlie Eccleshare from The Athletic thinking Spurs will edge it. Uh, Quick score predictions from you, Jonesy, and then give us some final thoughts on the show. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna beat them as much as I'd love it, but um, we do we do turn up against Spurs, don't we? Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a, a score draw at Desmond, my my favourite prediction. I haven't one of those out for a while, so right. I'm gonna go for, gonna go for two two. But yeah, I, I I don't see us getting turned over like United did against Spurs. Um, a defensive record over the last couple of games says, says a lot. I think David Moyes and tactical genius Alan Irvine has. Uh, have got us playing really well at the moment and just very well drilled defensively and going forward we've been a threat all season even even when we've been losing so um, or not winning so yeah it'd be, it'd be a tight game and uh, I, I see there being goals um, so yeah two all I fancy it two, two all Tom uh, score prediction for Spurs away this weekend and uh, yeah some some summary thoughts on the show from you Craig Dawson mm. arrived Saeed Benrahma still not quite done at the end of this podcast on Tuesday evening looks imminent Josh King perhaps coming in loads we've discussed tonight what are you saying? I'm saying I know I bet on West Ham to win but just so I can have a few bases covered I'm going to go one all because like Jonesy said I think it'll be quite a tight game I think that we might hit him on the counter-attack but They've got so much quality. I'd expect them to score in. Scoring to do past them probably won't happen. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. I'm not writing off a win. Overall, mate, I'm 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 content with going in with two wins. Obviously, this transfer window has not been what we all would have liked it to be. But at least we've got a centre-half through the door finally. Whether that be starting or backup, it gives us more options and we could probably play this system for the majority of the season. And if Sai Ben Rama comes in, I'll be a happy man. I'll be conducting the next podcast in a Ben Rama 27 shirt. And you'll only be playing at that for the duration of it. But fingers crossed, mate, we get that over the line. It's a happy week and we do something against Spurs because then we'll be flying in. We all remember last Spurs podcast. So fingers crossed it's the polar opposite. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's only Manchester City up next after Tottenham. So another another easy opposition view with, I'm sure, a guest predicting a win for West Ham. But Tom, did we get a score prediction off you then? I'm just going to yeah, copy yeah. James because I, I do think of Desmond. What what was yours? I said 1-1. One, one. I said 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. One one two all from me and Josie. So score draws all round. Hopefully, we win some money for our Betway bets. Just a reminder, as always, to follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. And remember that this week we are giving away a free replica shirt for this season, home, away, or third. Whoever, whatever the winner's choice. Whatever they pick, they can have on behalf of We Are West Ham. So head over to We Are underscore West Ham on Twitter for the instructions and the tweet for that one. Follow us on YouTube. You can watch this show. Uh, Tom will get that this uh, this up about middle of the day on the Wednesday. So if you listen to this early on Tuesday and you go down to the link in the description and the YouTube video isn't up yet, give it a couple of hours. Tom will have it up. By middle of the day, Wednesday, we're on Instagram as well. We're on Twitter. It's uh, just just come follow us. And uh, if you want to write us another review, we're a little bit nervous. James didn't want me to say this bit this week, but I thought, you know what, whatever, we'll go for it anyway. If you want to go on, give us two stars, three stars, four stars, or five, 
write a little review tell us if you think one of us is boring tell us if you think we're not funny and tell us if you think our predictions this weekend are rubbish but as long as you go on and leave us a review we will appreciate it phantom hammer or not but it's been a good show tonight thanks for all our guests chad yeomans from betway isabel barker from the sun and charlie eccleshare from the athletic this feels good to support West Ham at the moment. Spurs away at the weekend. What a huge game. The first team other than Tottenham to win there. Why can't we do it again? Keep the faith, everyone. Up the hammers. We'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.